Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod. I'm Lizzie, a minor league baseball player. I'm Hannah, and I got kicked out of Arizona. And I'm Allie, and I'm your own personal brand of heroin. And this week, again, we're giving the people what they want because we watched Twilight. We watched it with our eyes. Mm-hmm. Last week, we read it with our... Well, I read it with my ears. I listened to the book, but Lizzie read it. <laughs> Um, I read it with half an eye. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we had a lot more fun and we watched the movie. Thank God. And we gave the people what they wanted. And we invited another guest. Back to back. Friend of the pod. Guest. Episodes. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Allie, introduce yourself to us, please. Give us um, maybe a little background what's your zodiac sign we love these things oh yes okay um <clears throat> so my name is ally i'm a capricorn sun cancer moon virgo rising Wait, we're all virgo risings <laughs> it was meant to be the virgo rising of it all <gasps> i'm a virgo rising sorry, sorry. justin's not getting you back no <laughs> <laughs> you've been snatched I don't know. He knows too much. I might have to kill him. That's true. So the way that Allie has come about as a guest on the pod is actually quite funny because um, our friend Justin, who is yet to be a guest on the pod, but is a frequent listener and sometimes hater of the pod, mm-hmm. is a very, very long-term friend of Allie's who recommended our pod to her. Is that correct? Yes, he sent it to me one day. Um, I can't remember when, uh, but he sent it to me and said, hey, this is my friend's podcast. You should really listen to it. And so I gave it I gave it a little shot because I am a podcast slut. And I literally like I listened to your last episode, your Twilight episode with um, while I was doing my makeup. On, I think it was Saturday. It was Saturday morning. I was just doing my makeup and I was cackling because I'm like, yeah. Oh, oh I'd love to hear it. Wait, do you remember what your, the first episode you listened to was? Oh, no, I cannot. Um, it was in the decom era, though, right? We, it was in the decom era. This is whenever it first kicked off and I was like, amazing. Let's talk about because I hyperfixate thing on things and a lot of the time I will watch yeah. old decoms and try to talk about them with no people and people are like what do you mean I said what do you mean the 13th year was my favorite decom <laughs> yikes sorry that's in the vault we recorded that it's just not out <laughs> no um, I know I'm we, sorry we, that's fine we did put that one out no. Did we not put it on the 13th year? No. Uh, that was a, an issue on our... It was one of those times we had to stop recording and re-record like four times. So uh, it'll come out someday. It'll be vintage. Oh. But so Allie is a fan of the pod turned friend of the pod. So for those of you who are also fans of the pod, this could be you too. You just have to 
be nice to us. And that's really all it takes. We're pretty easy. <laughs> Justin told me he was going to, because we were out like at this arcade bar getting dinner. And he was like, oh, I'm texting Lizzie. I said, tell like, oh, yeah, like I saw her that you're there. Um, last uh, book club was funny. You should ask what's the next one going to be again? And he was like, it's going to be Twilight. And I was like, ah! like I'm full so body convulsed. I'm so excited. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to text her. I said, give me the phone. Give me the phone. I had my grubby little fingers from our tater tots. So I said, give me your phone. Yes, I have had those tater tots. I'm familiar with their work. They're godly. Oh They're godly. Oh. Hannah, you simply must get yourself closer to us so we can go eat those tater tots. Listen, it's going to happen this summer, okay? Okay, you're right. Perhaps at this point, after we've been on this Zoom call for 45 minutes um, and have been recording for 12 minutes, mayhaps we should talk about Twilight? Probably. Does that, does that sound good to anyone? So, Allie, as a listener of the pod, I'm sure you're familiar with what comes next. If you're amenable to the suggestion... We'd love for you to give us a 60-second recap. I don't know how you could possibly beat Ian's 60-second recap, in which he spent 35 seconds just admonishing Stephanie Meyer. Um, but if you're up for the challenge, I have a timer. So. Oh, God. Okay. Ready? Let me, let me get my just thoughts. Just give me a let thumbs me up when you're ready for me to count you down. All right. Let's go. Three, two, one go in this 2008 masterpiece of a film based on mormon parable written by stephanie meyer bella swan travels from phoenix arizona to boring old forts where she swears she will hate it and then she meets a boy who sparkles in the sun she finds out oh he's a vampire let me just devote my life to this man that i've known for three months. And then she gets <laughs> swept into the world of vampires. She sees some dope baseball played to the beautiful sounds of muse, <laughs> and then eventually gets horse kicked into a mirror at a dance studio and swears that she will love this man forever and ever. I'm done. <laughs> I am nothing else. Yes, such a good job. Incredible. Wow. And you know what? Everything. She got horse kicked. Everything you said is correct. She got horse kicked. She did. You know what? <laughs> That's the best way. Shellacked, like, into a mirror? Like a, What's the like best way? She no, breaks her leg. She she got horse kicked. You're right. But then to explain it away, they give the most Tom and Jerry Looney Tunes ass excuse. They're like, Bella was upset, so she fell, and she rolled down two flights of stairs and out a window. And out a window? Do you, and I saw this on TikTok. Um, this, and I don't know if you guys... It, maybe I just like to watch this. Her name is, I want to say it's like Sarah Talks on TikTok, where she will go, she has read and immersed herself in the Twilight mm -hmm. <laughs> like world. 
and she hates it. She hates that she's the one people ask all of these questions to. She's like, I have to read these with my own eyes, guys. I have to sleep at night. And one of the things that she elaborated on, I believe, was did they stage her like falling scene? Did they just like throw Alice down two flights of stairs and out a window to try and like commit to the bit? And I'm convinced yes. It sounds like something they would do. Because they know she's going to survive. So. Honest. Oh, yeah. She she has a flair for the yeah. dramatics. And she she'd be the only one willing to do it. Rosalie wouldn't. You hell, no, hell if she wouldn't. Yeah. No. no. And you know what? Maybe she's right for that. But we can talk about that later. Maybe Rosalie is the only one with common sense in this whole movie. And well, yeah. All right. So, gosh, where do we even start? First of all, let's, Hannah, you wouldn't happen to have Rotten Tomatoes up, do you? No, we don't. We're out of practice. Hold on. I'll pull it up right now. Ooh, wait. I see. Okay. Twilight 2008 has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that is, that's the critic rating. The audience score is 72, which... Lizzie, what was the score that every decom got? Like 62 or something? Yeah, pretty so much. This is apparently better than a decom. Now, I'm pulling up Rotten Tomatoes is showing me like the whole saga. The further we go, the worse the scores get. Um, I don't know that we'll ever really? talk about Breaking Dawn Part 1 on this uh, podcast, so I'll just spoil the story now, the score. The, that gets a 25%. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Valid. Ooh. I saw part two in theaters. I, really? I have not seen that one. I think that's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah. I saw part two in theaters, and I hadn't read the books yet. I didn't read the books until I was in high school. Um, okay. Watched all the movies, and it was, like, the same with the Harry Potter books. Um, Fuck J.K. Rowling. Um, Indeed. And I read all of the Harry Potter books secondhand in high school, too. But I didn't read them until I was a senior in high school. And I was 17. Wow, yeah. I I was the target audience. And even then, yikes. Yeah. Well, but you're, you're not Mormon, are you? Okay, so. Obviously are not. Are any of us the target audience? Because... As Ian said to us last week, like, this is clearly, and the movie actually is not as Mormon. Like, that was one of my friend Amber's complaints. She's like, they should have led it, leaned into, like, the religious imagery more if, if, if they're going to do it. Like, there was a moment where, um, when Edward and Bella are in biology class together and there's a taxidermied owl behind him, so he kind of gets an angel wing effect. Which was funny. Yeah. Oh my god. And like obviously on the book cover, she's like holding an apple. But other than that, like we didn't get very much like could have leaned into the Mormonism of it all. Yeah. I think I there's I think they purposely didn't do that for the movies yeah. though. I think you're right. So they could widen the audience. Yeah. Because oh, sure. Like a hundred and ten and it was two thousand eight. Like I was again eight years old do yeah. i remember no um but like a hundred percent i think if they were to really lean into the i'm a good mormon girl 
kind of aspect of it mm-hmm. and here's all of this religious imagery people would just be like hmm yeah yeah they got rid of the the long khaki skirt they put her in like hollister like how dare instead, they with tank tops underneath which we all did yeah that was oh, a universal yeah. experience mm-hmm. my my t-shirts were bobby jack yeah. i did with- see in 2008 i was wearing bobby jack i was not wearing hollister um no. with the monkey we loved bobby jack and justice tank tops justice, limited a little to. heart giving, it was, it, bella's outfits were kind of giving limited too they were it was like the kind of uh the slightly grungier days of air apostle mm-hmm. yeah before like pre-bethany moda yes yeah now yeah. while we're <laughs> comparing our lives to bella's i actually have a yeah. question please my friend Amber, who I watched this with, we went to school together, like, from fifth grade through high school. And we noticed that our school, like Forks High School, in the cafeteria had flags of the world hung up around the cafeteria. Is that a universal American high school experience? Did yours? Not not my high school. My, <laughs> my high school, we were lucky if they allowed us to, like, display anything. Oh no, in the we cafeteria? Didn't it. it was like a thing. Like I think every like middle school in our county has like the flags of the world around it. So I was wondering we if that was a it. universal American school thing. And then I remembered Lucy went to high school in Belgium, so I'm sorry. You did what? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was gonna say my my first year of high school, yes we did, but that's because I went to it was technically an American high school. But it was international students. It was in Belgium. And so it was kids from a bunch of different countries. Um, and so we had flags hanging, like, from the rafters of this big cafeteria. And, like, because the area we lived in was so small, that cafeteria got used as, like, used for, like, a lot of community events and stuff. So we definitely had flags hanging in there. Um, and I also think we had world flags hanging, like, in our gym. So, like, when I did basketball and did – or not did basketball. When I did cheer for, like, basketball season – like, I'm pretty sure I remember those being there. Um, but when I moved back to the States, we did not have that. Um, that was interesting. Not. But I definitely think we had flags of the world hanging. We definitely have flags of the world hanging in a hallway somewhere. So we did. I don't know about like your yeah. high school, but like. My high school, for, like, the international languages, we only had Spanish and French. That was it. We picked one or the other. And so I took French. And there was, like, Spanish uh, Spanish Culture Week and French Culture Week. And so they would allow us to decorate, like, some of the hallways. And, like, we had this big, like, glass garden in the center. It was the rotunda. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so we would paint, like, things on the windows and window paint, obviously. But um, that's what we would do. But we never had, like, year-round flags. They would always display, like, here's our sports memorabilia from whenever we were good at sports in the 90s. See, my school didn't have that. Because my school uh, just wasn't good at sports. (laughs) So we had, like, one, like, the cross-country team was good. 
So, like, they had, like, that, and, like, the swim team was good, so they had, like, one flag for them. So, it was funny. Like, our gym literally had, like, two. Yep. My mom and my – it's so funny. We were just in my high school for Maggie's chorus concert um, last week. Actually, it was the day of my birthday. Um, and so, we were looking at – in the, um, like, trophy cases and stuff – there are trophies from like oh nope can't dox where i live i'll I'll bleep it out don't worry we there are things of like track from like oh like this high school class of whatever and my dad's like oh that's like the track team that my dad was on at that time like i'm fairly certain either my dad or my uncle might still hold a couple state records they might be in events that aren't run anymore but i still think they have them and there's, like, my mom, there's, like, a banner in the thing that's, like, when my mom won states for, like, academic decathlon. So, that's very odd. Um, but we have that, and we have flags of the world. So, I'm wondering if maybe they just had a lot of ceiling space they felt like they needed to deal with. <laughs> I, it's giving, like, I in didn't college, like, when boys have flags on their walls just to, like, give, fill space, like... If you walk into, uh... actually, this is so interesting. And this brings me to an excellent point relating to Twilight. Because I was going to talk about teenage boys. Okay, a good segue. um, Because there is a part, uh, we're skipping way ahead to Bella and Edward are a couple for all intents and purposes. Um, She goes to his house to meet all the Cullens. And he's like... So this is my room. And the way he says it is like so out of his Robert Pattinson as Edward Cullen voice. And it sounds exactly like any time a teenage or college age boy has ever shown you his bedroom ever. Yes. Um, And I said, again, with the accurate A plus teenage boy representation. I'm so glad we're giving them the visibility they deserve. (laughs) Honestly, this movie does for all of its cringiness and all of its faults and flaws it really portrays how awkward and terrible teenagers are especially like Amen. Bella's like friends 100%. at school like the way Mike Newton just is terrible and awkward he, he's a 16 year old boy quote oh, uh, Mike Newton are you liking the rain girl yeah and then Eric, why did he say that him, I don't have any Eric Kim quotes prepared, but he also, with his, like, side emo hair. I have, I have an Eric quote. Look, look, Bella, Bella, it's a worm. <laughs> yeah, he, he diggles a worm at her, giving teenagers away. Also, the way that Edward didn't clean his room before she came over. Like, how could you not do that? You have super speed. Can't you just, yeah. like... You are years old. You are a hundred. You should know better by now. Hello. Yeah. Also, he didn't even like have a bed to make because he doesn't have a bed. Right. It should have been so easy. Like, and the most, and maybe this is just me being an absolute maximalist in the way I live. I mean, you guys can see my walls, and this is just some one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but how? Are you, like, at this point in time, 107, 
108 maybe and you only collected music incorrect listen incorrect maybe he's got a secret storage locker but like how come the only thing they're collecting is graduation caps Okay. What I the do, hell is that? I mean, I hate it. And we talked about this last time about like, you know, with infinite time, why are you enrolling in high school? Especially Jasper. He looks so miserable there. Get that kid out of high school. However, it's, it's, being a Confederate. it's kind of a beautiful art piece. All the graduation caps with like the ombre. Like, right. I feel like we, Lizzie, you and I have seen worse pieces of art in a museum. The last piece of art I laid eyes on before the COVID pandemic shut down all the museums was a canvas simply painted white. And I have a picture of Hannah standing in front of it. I think fully on the verge of a mental breakdown, sobbing, going like this. Is this art? She's yelling to me, is this art? I have a photo of myself in front of a, I believe it was painted, pickle in a museum in the city near where I live. <laughs> so some people yeah, art, I get it. Art is I mean, interesting. Hey, listen, I have a degree in art. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it takes I just all kinds of time. That that being said, I did I, I, I think that the thing with the graduation caps it is kind of like a funny little inside joke, as Edward says. I think it is kind of a pretty thing, but also like stop going to high school. Um, so, also, yeah. how how do we have a gradient with those grad caps? Because I don't know about you, but my high school has had the same color caps and gowns indefinitely. Like I wore, I could, I think I could have just worn my sister's cap and gown. From well, when they, she got it's graduated. they move around so much. You know, they just moved from Alaska. So they probably went to high school in, in Fairbanks. And then now they moved to Forks. And then next they'll move to, I don't know, Minneapolis. Do you think they choose the high schools that they enroll in based off of their, like, graduation cap aesthetic so it can fit into the Maybe art? Maybe it can start. They're like, well, we can't go to that one because it's red. And the last place we went was blue. So we need, like, a burgundy in between. Yeah, we need, like, a middle ground. That does a sound purple. like something they would have extensive time to do because they live forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, which of the Cullens do you think would be the one spearheading that? Spearheading what? The, Alice. The, just the art. Yeah, I was going to say Alice or maybe um, Esme. Yeah. They're in, it on, they're in on it together. They're doing yeah. it together. Or in a complete... It is possible... That, like, I can imagine them all, like, having an argument, perhaps about the fact that they have to keep going to high school. Because I'm sure they weren't in love with this idea at first. No. And uh, I will say, note, thank you very much to the script writers of Twilight for giving us a little bit of clarification about this and perhaps maybe pointing out something we hadn't thought about, which was, like Edward says, the younger we start in a town, the longer we can stay there. Because if they all move, mm-hmm. and it's under the assumption that, like, one of them is, like, 16, then they can pretty much stay there thinking that they just are aging really well for probably the better part of a decade. 
how are they supposed to pull off being 13 to 14 year olds? That's my thought. Why can't the youngest one be 18 or 19? You could still stay there for 10 years. I mean, like, you know, there are, I feel like there are more 29 year olds in the world that look like they're 19 than there are 24 year olds that look like they're 14. 26 year olds that look like they're 14. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. Which is, like, my thing. And to be fair, like, we know, I mean, we're skipping ahead and we didn't talk about this movie. In, uh, like, New Moon or Eclipse, whichever one Edward leaves her, on their little hiatus, like, Jasper and Alice, like, go to Columbia. So it's, like, clearly, like, they do the college thing sometimes, too. Why don't they just do the college thing? I guess it's more expensive to go to college over and over than to go to public high school over and over. That's probably true. To pay for tuition And maybe their thought is, like, because carlisle since he's a doctor and he's semi-active in the community you're assuming that to some extent people in the community are gonna need to know about him and know about their family so if they're like even if they just started as like juniors or seniors in high school that maybe gives them an extra couple years that they can reasonably stick around but also like i understand safety in numbers but couldn't they like take turns leaving for like a year at a time like a room springer <laughs> edward cullen's rum oh springer you know what i would watch that oh before we get back in it um yeah hannah do you want to meet my cat yeah her name so is chowder cute. chowder can you say oh, hi chowder. can you say hi is she? she is six months oh the baby she is. Can you say hi? You're so talkative any other time. There we go. <laughs> I love how you both simultaneously how gasp so and put your hands over your mouth. Um, what was I going to say? Where were we? Oh, God. Um, oh, God. No. Incoming. Incoming. Um, oh, Lizzie was thanking the script writers. And I actually want to thank the cinematographer for all of the fun camera work we got we got some good the blue lighting we got of course that we got some great camera movement even on still shots it was weird i first noticed it the first time bella and charlie are eating at the diner it's a still shot with both of them in frame but it's like the camera is a handheld camera and it's not stable at all and it's just kind of moving a little bit so much that i had to ask amber who i was watching with to say is that is the camera moving? Oh, she's in the squishmallow bed. Lizzie, look, she's in the squishmallow bed. Y'all, for all of our listeners that can't see, Chatter the cat is sitting in a frog squishmallow bed, and it's that's smoked. the first time she's ever used it, guys. Um, it's the first time she's listening. Oh, wait, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke, but I realized you're wearing headphones. I was gonna say she's being lulled by the sounds she of our voices, hear. but she can't hear. Well, she, can hear she can hear Allie. Allie's talking. Listen, um, you're so good. Uh, we get some amazing Dutch angles all throughout the film, which is how you know that something sinister is going on. Again, as someone who took one film class in college, um, that's how you know. Something sinister is afoot. We get some good Dutch angles of Edward. We also get some good ones of Victoria and James, particularly James, towards the end when James is like attempting to murder Bella and giving his villain speech. Um, 
And we also get some crazy, like, when Edward is running through the forest with Bella on his back, when he's happy and when he's mad, like, when he's glistening. It's just, honestly, the cameraman was just there to have fun at work that day, and I appreciate that. Because other people were not there to have fun. Uh, Robert Pattinson, in particular, was just there for the check. He was, the cinematographer was not there for the check. He was there for the The vibes only. The cinematographer was there for the vibes, for the fun, you know. I was reading some things about Robert Pattinson while I was watching the movie because, you know, famously he like hates this role. He like thinks it's stupid. He doesn't like to talk about it. He hated it while he was there. Um, I learned that he literally only even went to this audition because he had like flubbed another audition and like didn't get that role. So he fully did just need a check. He only read 50 pages of the book until it got he to also Edward. really liked uh Kristen Stewart's performance and I think it was like into the wild or something like that um he said she and was like I like her she has yeah. good vibes he read 50 pages of the book until Edward was introduced and then he said nope I'm done um he was so miserable on set that they almost fired him they gave him a new copy of the script and highlighted all the parts where Edward should smile and said you need to smile more and then oh they did not they did and there were points in the movie for example a scene i don't remember they're like at bella's truck and he was kind of like charismatic and fun and i was like wait why do i kind of like him in this scene and amber said they probably filmed this after he was threatened to smile more i wrote i said the only time that i find robert pattinson even remotely attractive in this is after they have this okay so we should perhaps talk about the plot yeah, we keep forgetting I mean, to do that the plot, but keep going um yeah. so there's a part where bella and the two girls anna kendrick and another girl their names are angela. jessica and Who's played by Susie crabgrass from neds to classified angela bible guide yes they go to port angela's new york no port Washington. angela's new york Hopped on a plane. I thought you were. It would have even been appropriate if you had said California by accident, like Los Angeles, New York, girl, wrong coast. <laughs> I think it's because <laughs> I have been saying the phrase Los Angeles, New York a lot recently because it's those are lyrics in a song okay. I've been listening to a lot. It goes Los Angeles, New York. And so I would Port Angeles, New York, I think was where I flubbed there. Um, but anyway, so they go prom dress shopping. Bella is not shopping for a prom dress. She's not going to prom. She's not like other girls. She's no. just not into this. She instead goes to a bookstore, presumably owned by an indigenous man. I think so. Is that like correct? That, yes. Which does not who is a member in the books mind you <laughs> who is a member of one of the tribes native to this area um and who owns sort of a specialty bookstore and purchases a book about myths that Jacob Black played by Taylor Lautner has told her about and so they go there Edward follows her there creepy Senses she's in danger because she's in an alley, walking alone by herself, and is getting harassed. And I believe, like, we're supposed to believe that she is, like, about to be assaulted by a group of, like, frat dudes. Um, 
Edward swoops in and saves her. They decide, he's like, I just, I can't bring myself to stay away from you anymore. And she's like, I did not ask you to stay away from me. Yeah, he's so, the one who okay. is all the drama. He is the one that, the moment he, he sees her, so he dramatic. spends like three minutes trying not to vomit in his mouth because of the scent of her. I can't be certain, but I do believe this man must be an Aquarius. <sighs> I'm gonna look it up. Are we talking about Leo. Edward Cullen or are we talking about... Robert, Robert Pattinson is a Taurus, but Edward Cullen. He's a Gemini. No! Oh. Yes, he's a Gemini. Yes. Edward June 20th, that's a Gemini, right? That checks out, too. Makes sense. June 20th is Gemini. It's on the cusp okay, of Cancer, which also would make sense. Hashtag drama queen, hashtag crybaby. Drama queen. But, so anyway, my point of going on this big, long-winded talking to you about the actual plot of this film is that there's a point afterwards now they've like decided to be a couple he shows up at her house to drive her to school the next morning in his audi <laughs> volvo the sexiest car oh the you sexiest volvo. Volvo. volvo sorry yeah sorry and so he is like finally happy it appears and he has the cockiest grin on his face. And it looks like he's continuously trying to keep himself from laughing. Yeah. And he has sunglasses on. And I yes. was like, okay. The sunglasses scene get it. was when he kind of was, like, charismatic. And I was like, wait, I kind of like Edward in this scene. And then nothing else. Can I, can I draw my soapbox? <laughs> yeah. Please, you're the expert. Do we have the wrong uh, opinion? No. Because I, and I have this, I've had this conversation with my friend Travis. Where he's like, I was rereading Twilight with you guys for the book, like for the book club. And I was mm-hmm. like, he's so charismatic in this book. Like I can understand it reading the book. I mean, granted, there are the uh um <laughs> the khaki skirt moments and the like her fainting when he kisses her kind of vibey thing, or whenever he she goes in to kiss him and he goes into his whole spiel of like I could kill you. I'm a monster. Like she's like But he that. is charismatic. He is like he is a cocky little son of a yeah. and I can understand while reading the books why Bella would be like, dang, he's like kind of cute because she's kind of a boring nothing person. <laughs> and he's got all this personality. And then in the movies, he's just this emo boy, and we get that one glowing moment. He's just a guy. Hit him with your car. He is not the love of your life. He is literally just just a a guy. guy. Hit him with your car. Yes, thank you, Chris. And, Um, like, I just don't – that was the one moment where I was like, this is book Edward. Like, re-watching it after reading the books. Mm -hmm. And also, one of the finest fits – in that movie for Robert Pattinson. I will say it. Yeah. Ro- yeah. Edward was one of the characters who got worse in the movie, I think. Most of the characters in the book, like, I really didn't enjoy the book at all. I liked famously one chapter, and it was the chapter where James had his drama, drama-filled villain speech, where he was like, I really wanted to kidnap Alice. She smells better than you. Um, like, Bella Gee, is way more likable in the movie. I feel like Kristen Stewart actually did a pretty good job. I liked her performance. Charlie is much better in the movie. I mean, famously, oh, everyone loves Charlie. Everyone loves Dr. Cullen, too. But, like, Charlie in the book is really not a good dad. In the movie, he's no. a great little dad. 
Um, he just like, wants her to be happy. Yeah. I like Anna Kendrick as Jessica. I like, like, um, you know, I, I kind of like everyone. But Edward Cullen, you're right. In the book, he's, like, kind of fun. And in the movie, he always looks like he's about to vomit in his mouth from seeing or smelling Bella. Then he looks like he's, like, a stalker. And then the moment she decides she's into him, which she wants nothing to do with him until she realizes he's a vampire and then she's obsessed with him which is also weird and then he's like fetishizing yeah and it's kind of the same thing in the movie where it was in the book where he sees her as like he's sexually interested in her but also treats her like a toddler like when he's trying to buckle her seatbelt and it's like is, hey, is Bella- oh, i hated that <laughs> is is bella swan um like, if she were to be on Book Talk now, do you think she would read specifically books? You can also bleep that out. <laughs> no. I gotta be honest, I have a sneaking suspicion she'd be into some really, really jacked up mafia No, books? I don't think she would read any of it. Well, I don't know about movie Bella, but book Bella only reads, like, Bronte. Classic. Classics. She's too good for that. I'm too good for all of this wide. She would read Normal People by Sally Rooney. And then she would be rude about it. Bella is... Is she even Italian? Her name's Bella. Oh, wait, hold on. I had something to say about that. Yeah. I would just like to say, as a family unit, Mm -hmm. as a family unit, I do really like the Cullen family. Mm -hmm. Like, movie Cullens... And, like, I also like the book Collins too. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I like them as a group together. I know I said this in our last podcast with, our last episode with Ian. I almost said our last video. No, thank you. Our last episode with Ian. Um, if Stephanie Meyer had, like, written this book to be more about the Collins at large... Or just, like, focused on vampires and not made it from Bella's perspective. I really do think I would have liked this a lot more. Because I like the Cullens as a family. And I like their kind of... Well, I mean, it's, like, family-esque. I heard that. That was a great <laughs> cat. Oh, my God. Meow. I wasn't sure if that was you. Hello, meow. Yeah, we had a meow. Another friend of the pod. Trying, oh, she's trying you. violently to lay on top of my laptop because it's, it's, it is currently screaming and hot right now oh for warmth sure <laughs> um so yeah if they had focused on that i think i would have liked it a lot more because i really like the fact that all of the cullens like seemingly without second thought were like her name is bella that obviously means we have to cook Italian food. Well, and to be and I fair, do like I more. just realized that previously, when Ed, on Edward and Bella's kind of first date moment, he takes her to a restaurant and she eats ravioli. So maybe he went home and told them, well, like, she ate ravioli at the restaurant. She likes Italian food. Well, and I like their commitment to a theme. I like the idea that they're kind of like a little sorority. <laughs> I hate that that's so true. I hate that that's so true. <laughs> I, Okay. <laughs> Might I, and I know you guys will probably not read this, because I did bring this up. Midnight Sun is the book, Twilight, written from Edward's point of view. And you do get a lot of insight into the 
like family dynamic of the Cullens. I have not finished it. I am a fake fan. Um, okay, but I started it. So there's um, there is like we all know, and I don't know if you've watched the other movies, but or re- read the other books, but I think it's only specifically mentioned in the book that Emmett becomes a vampire because Rosalie is hunting and finds him after he got mauled by a bear. And she carries him the entire way back to um, Carlisle without biting him, without drinking his blood. She thinks, and she also saves him because she thinks he looks like a baby she knew. Yeah, like, she looks, like, he looks like the son of her baby. friend. I will marry him. Yeah, and so in, the, in Midnight Sun, there is a scene where he and Edward are hunting. And Edward's, like, main monologue is, like, he still hasn't gotten over that grudge he has on bears. He likes to hunt bears because of this. And it is, I had to fully close the book, sit it down, and walk away. He he is giving himbo in the best way. Oh, my, can we, oh, my God, in this movie specifically, him just holding the Ziploc bag of raw eggs not raw eggs boiled eggs boiled eggs boiled eggs do we remember yes. that like for his lunch like he packed that for his little lunch it's it's literally just a ziploc bag of boiled eggs if Wait, we but they don't eat Why no but i mean i guess like if he wants to put on the axe that he's like this big strong macho man um let me see if you Maybe google he's like, we don't have to eat but like i still like to i wonder if vampires can eat they just don't have to the third search on um, Google for Emmett Cullen is Emmett Cullen eggs. And there are just photos <laughs> of him carrying this Ziploc baggie of hard-boiled eggs. For what? That's hilarious. Who knows? But they really, they really went all out with these... The costume design? Prime, like, early 2000s accurate manic pixie dream girl like see yeah that's the thing if if bella is not like other girls alice is manic pixie dream girl oh my god yeah she yeah and i mean in the book she is too you know she like leaps like a gazelle like she you know but yeah they all have like their little shtick emmett is the himbo jasper is a confederate soldier who always looks like he's in pain probably because he has to live not in Texas. Um, Battle scars. Uh, I in a I made a list of things that Stephanie Meyer doesn't understand clearly, and I might read it out, and then you guys can add things. Please do. So the first thing is most basically vampires. Um, yeah. As we learned, our good friend Ian told us she didn't do any research about vampires before writing these novels. Um. So she was going. We probably gonna guess that even subpar knowledge because not only does she like not know intricate lore, also like there's just basic common things like they you can see them in mirrors, which even I know you shouldn't be able to. Um, also she doesn't understand drugs or alcohol clearly as a Mormon. Um, for example, when Edward gives the speech about how uh, Bella, you are like. Uh, pure heroin you're like a fine whiskey like an alcoholic 
would be able to uh, turn down stale beer, but, like, if you gave them, like, nice alcohol, they wouldn't be able to turn it down. That's not how addiction works. They're a heroin addict with their own, like, strand of heroin. Yeah. Um, She also doesn't understand vegetarians. Um, The concept of being a vegetarian... I know it's a funny inside joke, but the fact that the Cullens call themselves vegetarians because they only eat animals just kind of made me laugh. Um, I don't know if y'all have any other things that you think she just doesn't understand. Teenage girls in general. I mean, book and movie, Bella is painted out to be this clumsy, like, Gumby-like human being who can't, like, exist without falling over and she is only a danger to herself especially without without edward and like um mm, not painting a great picture and like rereading it again as a 23 year old adult i'm like these are like there were actual teenagers reading this book thinking if i'm like this maybe a boy might like me and not saying, like, I'm not discrediting girls everywhere, but I'm saying, like, those are formative years in yeah. our lives. And you are reading this media. And yeah. it's, she didn't understand also how not to create a character. Because the whole reason why she doesn't give Bella a huge description in the books is mm-hmm. that so the reader can, like, put themselves in Bella's place. Oh, but here we have yeah, it's like a self-insert. But here we have her describing Bella as, like, soft all around. Not, like, super skinny, but not plus size. God forbid yeah. we have yeah. that. If you couldn't tell by my tone of voice, huge sarcasm there. want to clarify that for the audience. And brown hair, pale as all can be. So she's yeah. white with brown hair and brown eyes, and she's skinny. Mm-hmm. How is that a self-insert? She's not right. tan like the girls from Arizona. She she, yeah, she is, she is pale, fair of skin. I think it's really interesting that you should point that out um, about specifically young girls reading the book version of this. Also, we didn't say this at the top of the episode, so I'm going to insert it now. Maybe I'll add it, or maybe Hannah will add it earlier. Maybe we'll just do it now. We're doing this in April because it's Adaptation April. We're going to be talking all about book-to-movie adaptations, perhaps movie-to-stage adaptations, etc., etc., book-to-stage adaptations. That's what our theme is for the month of April. Um, We came back from our spring break. This is what we're doing. Um, I was thinking about this a lot because I was thinking about why I felt like I was able to kind of relax a little bit more and let myself just kind of take the movie for what it was, where the book, I kind of felt, I don't want to say I felt hypercritical because I do think I was an appropriate amount of critical for the book for what the text deserves but I was thinking about why um books feel more serious yeah as media to us still you know decades and decades and decades into the film industry 
books still feel like they hold more weight to us, even if people are interacting with literature less than they're interacting with TV and film. Um, But it does still feel that way. And so I think, perhaps unfairly, maybe we should just be able to have authors be allowed to write their dumb little characters as dumb as they want them um, without getting any or getting significant amounts of pushback. But I do think that particularly particularly authors in a traditionally published space do have a little bit more responsibility to be extra conscientious about what even even subconscious agendas they might be pushing in terms of things like health and well-being and mental health and healthy relationships and things Sex like that. education. Like, yeah. Things like that. This is an abstinence parable until it does not become an abstinence parable in Breaking Dawn, where he literally says, or <clears throat> Eclipse, where he literally says, I don't want you to go to hell because you're going to yeah. be a vampire and also- We're not doing this we until we're married. married. Yeah. Right. Like, even if we go to a Vegas strip, like, chapel and get married, like- and Overdue Pod, um, which is a huge pod, like it's a, a podcast about books that I love. They also, yeah. like, do you need to be married in the eyes of God or do you need to be married just by like government, like federal law? Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, what is no. that point? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand it. And I understand, like, I respect author and she published these when like I, I can't remember the exact Early year 2000s. that Twilight... 2005 I think this first one came out so it was published in 2005 and I mean you can yeah. the movie came out in 2008 yeah. yeah so you can take into like take everything with a grain of salt because it was 2005 but also there were other pieces of work being written that provided a true like vision into what teenage girls are feeling right and it actually I, was I, interesting to me oh. that kind of going back to what we were saying a minute ago there's a moment in this movie where edward appears in her room like he has been doing he's been watching her sleep one day he appears in her room while she's awake and this is when they have their first kiss and by the way he only kisses her with a closed mouth until she's a vampire because his even his saliva is venomous Anyway, and they, like, start, it starts getting hot and heavy, and then he, like, pulls himself back, and he's like, no, I can't control myself around you. And I actually was surprised that he didn't put the blame on her. Yeah. I... But also the fact that, like, he needs controlling. She's too overwhelming. The reason as to why he's been in her bedroom for a while is also mentioned in Midnight Sun. He's just hanging in there getting used to her smell so he can be normal around her and Wait, he's is also he doing that during the two weeks when he's missing from school i think so oh no the two weeks he's missing from school he's actually up in the cat is chewing on something and i don't know what it is he's actually <laughs> up in denali where are you um in alaska he yeah in alaska. alaska and then every night or like the nights that he's like gone for hunting or whatever i don't know He'll be in her bedroom. Like acclimating himself? Like, yeah, trying to get used to her smell. 
And there's also like a comment about how he's just killing the spiders that are in her bedroom before they could like get to her. Just like well, you know and he what? mentions like, oh, they're harmless, but like At I still just like smush them. The only thing men are good for. And I'm like, <laughs> this is such a weird like insight to it, but I mean it makes sense. That's more sense than him just like watching her sleep. Blair witching in the corner. <laughs> he, like he I so much of this movie tantruming. He spends so much of this movie gaslighting. He's a gaslighting king. Which I mean we've been here. I wrote that. Yeah. I said what did I say? Hold on, let me find it. First of all, there is a part where he goes, I hope you enjoy disappointment. And I said, that's a great quote to put in your hinge bio. Um, yeah, I said, I understand Edward is gaslighting her to keep his family safe, but also he is a pain in the ass. Like, And I was right. Well, he does it to keep his family safe, but clearly that's not that important to him because he does spill their secret like 10 minutes later. He's yeah. like, no, I didn't I didn't push that car away, but yes, also I can hear people's thoughts. Like, can we talk <laughs> about the difference between the revelation of vampirism scene yes. between the book and the movie? Because in yes. the book, it's literally just in passing. So in the car. So you're a vampire. Yeah, in the Volvo. Yeah. In the Volvo. But yeah. how? Movie, and this is the most camp moment in this movie. What am I? Say it. Say it out loud. A vampire. And then How old are you? 17. How old have you been? 17. A while. <laughs> I. Yeah. The most camp. Clarion. I. That in the baseball scene. Can we talk about the baseball scene, please? Uh, yes. The baseball scene. <gasps> so Supermassive black hole by Muse. I would also like to point out that for those of you wondering, as you all know how I feel about a sports movie, I am going back and forth still on whether or not Twilight is considered a sports movie. I do think it perhaps fits into the sports movie canon because it involves, one, a professional athlete, C, Bella's stepdad, two, active sports playing, C, supermassive black hole scene, and three, hunting. Valid. And a lot of running. Hunting and a lot so of running. A, a lot of like, slow-mo, not really slow-mo. I wouldn't uh, qualify The baseball scene is that. iconic. I'm sure we've all seen the photos, like the behind-the-scene photos of them filming this scene. Like, without the blue tinge, it just looks like theater kids. Them hissing yeah. at each other? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay. Funny. It's like they're trying to reenact West Side Story. Get over yourselves. It's a crazy scene. Oh. Obviously, we love Alice. Shout out to West Side Story. She kind of has a sickled foot, but I'll let it slide um, because it's not a dance scene. Also, speaking of dance, it's so... The way Bella's like, I don't know how to dance. I'm so clumsy. I can't dance. I can't slow dance. I can't go to the prom because I can't dance. She took dance lessons as a kid. That's like a big plot of this movie. Can we also she talk about lessons. the book revelation of her going to prom? And she cries. <gasps> we didn't get the thing with, um. was it Tyler? That show in the book shows up to her house to take her to prom. I wish we would have gotten that. We didn't get that. 
we just got Bella coming down the stairs in her who says I can't wear my, wear my converse, converse. converse with my, with my oh, baby and leggings underneath and a boot because she has a broken leg from supposedly falling out the of the leggings window. really make it I think and like yeah. the like the half cardigan that like just comes yes. like just below her chest and it's pinned and it's <laughs> and her hair is like you know big what? barrel curled like she's a like a, a toddler in tiaras in toddler if in i had seen this movie in 2008 i would have been like that's a fit that i want to wear <sighs> yeah it was it was demi lovato core yes Who says? it was disney channel core I the layering Converse. It was decom core. It was decom core. Anyway, yeah. So, um, do we want to wrapping up thoughts? Did anyone have like a a favorite line? You know, some favorite quotes. Um, a oh. highlight before we sign off. My favorite, like, just bonkers quote has to be like, "Hold on tight, spider monkey." <laughs> yeah. Because what the and. Also, whenever Edwards, like, when Robert Pattinson's accent comes through and he just goes, Yeah. Carlisle! Like, I don't know how to best, like, express it, but it's just like, Carlisle! It's it's yeah, so weird. You're right. You're right to say that. Yep. Um, I personally was a big fan of my like moment. We're going to give Bella a shout out because I did genuinely like the way that Kristen Stewart delivered this line after Edward saves her from her potential attackers in Port Angeles, New York, um, <laughs> which is not in New York. It's in Washington. <laughs> he goes, um, I should go back and rip those guys heads off. And she goes, um, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> that was funny. I did like that. Uh, no, you shouldn't. Because here's the thing, she doesn't know he's a vampire at this point. Yeah. And she tells him to put his she seat like, on. Seat so out of pocket. Yeah. Put your seatbelt on. Yeah. She's like, okay. I am. I loved I loved Anna Kendrick in this movie. I kind of wished Anna Kendrick was the lead. I just love Anna Kendrick. Um Can I you imagine if Anna Kendrick Kend- was Bella? Bella? Yeah. Well, that's another thing. I actually had that thought, and I was like, no, because she killed it as Jessica. The guy who played Mike Newton was, I don't know if he was considered for or just auditioned for Edward. Yeah. Also, I I can't see him. The guy who played Emmett, they auditioned him, and he was like, no, I don't want to play Edward. Well, the guy who played James was originally supposed to play Emmett, but he said, can I play James? (laughs) And the director said, said, okay. And he's... Yeah, Jack okay. from the movie Burlesque. I was gonna mm-hmm. say he's Christina the hot one from Aguilera and Cher. He's the hot one from Burlesque. We have Victoria, Laurent, and James. The what do you guys call them? The Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, the Black Eyed Peas. Um, we get at the very end. It's ominous. Victoria's at prom somehow, which lets us know that she'll be coming back. Even though James has been murdered and Laurent has like maybe become good. I don't know. Laurent betrayed them to like kind of be nice to the Cullens. And she's in, like, five minutes in the next movie. And then... What are you doing underneath here? She um, makes a vampire army, right? Yeah, and in Eclipse. It's not until the third movie that she becomes, like, the oh, big... Oh, okay. And, like, yeah. Laurent is just barely the big bad in uh, the second movie before he gets... Oh, I forgot Laurent came back. Yeah, he gets uh, 
murked by uh, the werewolves, oh, which again oh. argued yeah, with my friend we over whether really or not get, they were we don't werewolves. Get any werewolves in this movie? We barely get any um, Taylor Lautner. No, actually, I think to end we should say this: were slash are has it changed? Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? Okay, so when I was whenever I watched the movies, I was Team Jacob because I hadn't read the books yet, and then. I read the books and then I realized, wow, Jake, Jacob's kind of an ass. Not kind of, a lot of. And mm-hmm. you will also, I will bring this one last thing up. Um, Twilight is, the whole saga is great for DILFs in the movies. Um, <laughs> but I want it to be known. Charlie. Book Charlie also really sucks in Eclipse sucks. whenever... He sucks. Yeah, in the movie he's great, but in the books he's not—he's no fun. And in in Eclipse, in the movie, like he comes up whenever Edward and Jacob are beefing with each other over Jacob kissing her and her breaking her hand, and Charlie comes out and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here? What's going on here?" And he goes, "Bella broke her hand, uh, punching my face because I kissed her." And then in the book, he just doesn't say anything. In the books, Charlie goes, "Good on you, kid." Like. Get out because it's oh, yeah. very like it is. Yeah, he's he's it is a Jacob, even when it's problematic. It was a, like you read it in the books, and this is a trigger warning for anyone who hasn't read these. I know it's been how many years, but there is a trigger warning there. Yeah. See, I, as a young lass, when these movies and books were first coming out and were popular, and I was you know nine or ten years old, so I was too young to. It wasn't my thing. I was firmly Team Jacob because. He was shark boy. So, of course. Of course. I was like, well, duh, I'm Team Jacob. And then, then you, I, like, I grew up and I was like, Edward. Yeah. I well, and it. then the first time I watched these movies, which was in college, I think my senior year of college, um, the first movie, I didn't really care. And then when you kind of get to, like, New Moon, is the New Moon the second one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of like, wait, am I Team Jacob? And then you get to Eclipse and you're like, oh, no, I'm not Team Jacob anymore. <laughs> You're like, ew, this man is, and then a baby. But also, like, I'm not Team Edward. Um, No. I'm Team, like, Bella should go to therapy. I thought you were going to say Team Mike, and I was going to be like, don't read Midnight Sun. I'm I'm not (laughs) Team Mike. I'm Team, well, I'm Team Jessica, okay? I'm Team Anna Kendrick. I'm Team Bella and Angela. You know what? True. Angela's the one that she tolerates the most. Like, she kind of genuinely likes Angela, at least in the books. Um, She, like, can't stand Jessica and Lauren, who's not in the movies. Lauren Lauren is, like, they make Jessica in the movies the way she is by combining, like, Jessica the character and Lauren. Mm -hmm. So she has... Oh, okay, that makes sense. She has, it's like a mesh. Because they just didn't want to, I guess, get more non-vampy teenagers in the movie that are going to disappear for half of it anyway so why pay them yeah Yeah. Lizzie what were your thoughts on team Edward team Jacob well we talked about this last time when all of this Twilight was kind of at its peak I was a vehement Twilight hater Mm -hmm. I wanted nothing to do with any of it so I would have said if I had to be anything I had to be team Jacob because obviously I couldn't be team Edward I 
Um, I would say I'm Team Taylor Lautner mm-hmm. because I do think his portrayal of the character is pretty true to to the vibe of the book. Mm-hmm. And I like Taylor Lautner to this day. Yeah, I am Team. Um, I'm also Team Bella going to therapy. I'm also Team Phil. Team Phil, really? The stepdad. I'm he does because do anything. Exactly. He does nothing. We have nothing to hate he him for. He's a bad he's baseball mediocre. player. He almost gets he's mediocre at his job. Mm-hmm. He's mediocre at his job. He can't be that bad because they keep hiring him. I mean, me True. too, bro. But he, he married a woman who's like 10 to 20 years older than him and tore her away from her teenage daughter who needs him. I mean, he he. it's not his fault, but like... It was not his fault. I it's, definitely... I'm not I am, I am a Renee hater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those who listened to our last episode heard my theories about Renee, about how she parentified Bella and made her take care of her. And Well, (laughs) I meant to bring this up the last episode, and I didn't. And I think this will be my last kind of big thought for this Mm -hmm. evening. We have talked ad nauseum on this podcast about how important we think it is to be a girl's girl Mm -hmm. in the year 2023. And Bella is not even exhibiting, quote, pick-me tendencies. She is just exhibiting having a shitty personality. However, we know that Bella likes to be alone. I can't imagine she had a thriving group of female friends in Arizona. Because she's not like all the girls, and she doesn't play volleyball, and she's not tan or blonde. So clearly, she would have stuck out like a sore thumb there, too. So if Renee knows that she is, like, the female role model in Bella's life, I can only assume that a large part of Bella's I'm not like other girls, she is so dismissive of other women. And then she gets introduced to the Cullens, and Rosalie does not automatically, like, fall at her feet and she is so confused she's like she i didn't do anything i don't i don't understand why rosalie doesn't like me I'm like you're unlikable yes you are a turd that's why and you're putting her family in danger and i just think team edward team jacob it doesn't matter i am team bella removing her head from her ass and gaining a fraction of an ounce of some perspective and that's that no i'm i 110 freaking percent dude i just how about team edward team jacob how about we're all just team carlisle because he genuinely (laughs) team carlisle He was put in a garbage spot, and he's making the most of his... He's he's. Trying. You know what he's been doing? He hasn't been going to high school for a hundred years. He's been trying to save people. Yeah. He's actually doing shit with his immortality, I can't sleep thing. And he was actively saving lives and said, you know what? No, I'm not going to kill people. I'm going <clears> to <throat> save people. Here's my, like, extensive medical history from the time I was existing in, like, the 16th century... Mm-hmm. You hang out with like, Monticelli. <laughs> oh, slay! Beautiful man. All right. On that note, 
I think it's probably time for us to sign off. Do we all agree? I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a delightful conversation. Hannah, thank you for potting with me. Allie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So, everyone, your homework for this evening. Recommend the podcast to two friends, two vampires, two members of a, quote, rival clan, two members of the Black Eyed Peas. DM Fergie. Two people who look a lot younger than perhaps their numerical age should suggest that they should. To your doctor. To your cat. To the chief of police. No, actually, a cab. I don't know. If there's a chief of police who would like to listen to us, I'm not going to say they can't. Are you going to read the podcast? That was her saying that she will be reading the podcast. Excellent. Approved. Follow us on Instagram at slumberparty.pod. Feel free to leave us, leave us a voice message about your thoughts on the Stephanie Meyer legendarium. This was the soft launch intro of our Adaptation April um, series. Come back next week. We're going to be talking more uh, generally about adaptations. We have yet another. We're on a roll. Special guest coming to give us uh, who's way more knowledgeable about this than we are. And then we're going to be wrapping up the month with our April book club. We are reading, we already announced on Instagram, the most important adaptation to women of all time. Uh, Little women. All right. Hannah, before we speak for another 45 minutes, can you please take us away all the way going to be a funky ride. It is a funky ride. You better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. This has been the Slumber Party Pod. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a post-grid crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This episode has been distributed by Anchor and we hope to join us again next week. You're cradling a little tiny cactus before you board your plane. Because I'm from Arizona. You're from Arizona. I am not tan. I'm from Arizona, so I'm like super tan. That's why they kicked me out. Um, I get kicked out of Arizona? I've been kicked out of Arizona, yeah. I'll do that. That's fine. Okay. It's that scene in Mean Girls where it's like, oh my god, Jessica, you can't ask people why they're pale. Yeah, exactly. It was really giving Mean Girls the cafeteria scene. More than I'd ever... Like, this is my third time watching this movie. And I was like, wow, it's really giving uh, Janice and Ian. Janice and... I mean, Janice and Damien.